to the parents. <laughs> I have the joy, like so many of you, being a grandparent, so I can spoil the daylights out of them and say, okay, mom, dad, they're, they're yours. <laughs> Grace and peace to you this day from God the Father, His Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. On this day of transfiguration, I have a question. Answer to yourself. Don't call it out. I don't want to embarrass anybody. Have you ever experienced the presence of the Lord in your life? Think about that for a second. Have you ever felt the presence of the Lord in your life? Think about those situations for a moment. I believe that the Lord is with us every day. No matter where we are. No matter what's going on. He's, he's right there with us. I believe that, that the Lord was with you yesterday. Maybe when you were grocery shopping. Or as you were driving down the street. And getting frustrated at that clown that was in front of you. Because they didn't know how to drive. And the Lord is saying, cool it. I believe that the Lord is with you right now. Here in this place as we gather to worship his name. I believe that, that God was with Sue and I as we flew out to Nevada, as we were with our grandkids, like I've already told you, and, and had the chance of worshiping in our church out there with friends that we hadn't seen for a while. I know the Lord was with us. And even though I wasn't too sure when I got sick, <laughs> I know he was with me there too, helping to heal. But you know, just because you say, yeah, the Lord was present, the bigger question is, did you experience the Lord that time? Did you truly feel? Did you truly let him come over you, as Kathy was saying up here with the kids, to come into your heart? Did you hear what he was saying? Most of the time, we find ourselves consumed with with those things that are around us, our jobs, our children, uh, housework, fixing dinner, helping the kids with their homework, filling the gas tank in your car as the prices play yo-yo back and forth here. Oh God, three weeks of mail, do I have checks? <laughs> it's hard to imagine that God would be with us in those mundane, everyday happenings of your life as you just go about and do those routine things. We take it for granted. Oh, okay. Yeah, all right. Oh. You know, I, I think of uh, uh, the movie, Oh God, 
John Denver and George Burns as he's driving down the road and he's talking to God, but everybody else saying, ain't nobody there, but he's having a great conversation and George comes and goes as he wants. I think that was so appropriate and yet so humorous because I've had those conversations. And I'm sure the person next to me at the traffic light thought I was nuts. The good thing is I just talked. I didn't answer myself. When that happens, <laughs> once in a while, though, we do allow God to break through to our consciousness. We allow that door to be opened. We not, may not be aware that we have done that, but you feel something moving within you. That's God's presence in your day, in your life. Well, that's exactly what took place in that gospel reading. When Jesus took Peter, James, and John up onto that high mountain, and they witnessed this transformation, this metamorphosis of Jesus. The Greek word metamorphothe, which comes from, or which our word metamorphosis comes from, is one that means change. Whenever, whenever, I, whenever I think of metamorphosis, I think of the preschools that I have worked with over the years. In two of them in particular, at St. Luke's and at Christ the King, the, the children, or the teachers of the children rather, brought in caterpillars. Just at the time that they were going to start making their cocoons. And, and I remember Debbie in particular at the one school showing the kids each day how that caterpillar now is in that little basket, as she called it. And down the hall as the caterpillars came out, and they were no more, but they were this beautiful, beautiful butterfly. A metamorphosis, a transformation had taken place. And then, of course, they would take them outside and let them go. And what a celebration that was, especially to see the eyes of those children. But there are other things in life that happen that we can't fully explain. Now, over my career in the medical field, I, I delivered several children. What a privilege that was. And yet, while I can explain that whole process, every time I see a newborn babe, I think of what a miracle it is. What a miracle, what a gift of God that baby is in the lives of that family. But babies and, 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 and butterflies are only two ways in which we encounter God's transformation. Every day, every day, God transforms people. He makes good people out of bad, good men out of bad, good women out of bad. He helps the alcoholic to quit drinking or the smoker to stop smoking. 
He heals people of deadly diseases. And he transforms, he changes somebody's heart. A person who had been cold and nasty and mean, all of a sudden to become joyful, happy, full of peace. Some of those transformations take place gradually, and we fail to notice them. But others, they're like a shazam, and they're there. And it's a whole different, and you wonder, what happened? Who is this new person, this new being? What took place? John Wesley, who is the founder of Methodism, the Methodist Church, felt his heart strangely warmed, and he began a journey that changed, that transformed the world, a journey that is still having a wonderful impact, a wonderful effect, Two centuries later, through that church, the Methodist Church. But his, his teachings have also impacted on other denominations as well. We even include some. Billy Graham, a name that we all know. You have varying feelings about the gentleman. But he came to Christ one night back in 1934. But he wrote in his book, he says, but I didn't feel any different. Nothing seemed to have happened. But the next Sunday, he went to church, same church he had been going to with his mother. And after the service, he approached his mother and he says, you know, Dr. Lindsay certainly preached a wonderful sermon this morning. Mother looked at him. Well, son, it wasn't Dr. Lindsay's preaching. He preached the same as he always has. But you were different. You allowed those words to enter into your heart and touch you. Henry Nowen, late Catholic theologian, priest, told the story of a gentleman from Peru. I have a terrible time pronouncing the last name, so I'll just say Rudolph. That's his first name. Kiwaga, or something of that nature. But anyways, when Rudolph was eight years old, a deranged neighbor did a horrible thing by murdering Rudolph's brother. Rudolph's parents were naturally beside themselves, full of grief. The father, full of anger. In fact, the father walked around the house with a gun. He talked widely of getting revenge. But now and tells what happened next, and he writes, and I quote, when the father realized that he had a caring wife and three other boys who needed him, he slowly became 
a different man. While he had always been a fervent atheist, was married under the condition that the church would have nothing to do with him and his family, he suddenly turned to God in his grief. And he became a man who committed his life to prayer, to charity, and the spiritual well-being of his family. Both he and his wife began going to Mass daily, daily. Soon afterwards, their three sons were baptized and received their first communion. The house of this simple family, because of faith and because of hope. God comes to us in terrible moments. But he also comes to us in wonderful moments as well. God comes to us in quiet moments, in unexpected ways, to reveal his son, Jesus Christ, to us. I doubt that those that went up on that mountainside with Jesus fully realized what had taken place before their eyes. I doubt that as they were going up that mountain that they even thought that this was going to be something special. Just going to be another journey with the Master and have prayer. But there on that mountainside, they saw it. And as you spoke to the children, his face became or began to glow. His garments became sparkling wet. And then, as if that wasn't enough, those prophets of old, Moses and Elijah, came and were speaking to Jesus. Uh, those disciples certainly wondered, have I had too much wine already today? Is something wrong? Am I seeing? Am I imagining? Or... No, that's for real. That's what's really taking place. Now, I don't know about you, but if, if, if I would have witnessed something like that, I probably would have been knocked to my knees or even full black to have witnessed as they did. But then from the cloud came those words, and we've heard it before. This is my son. And the command, listen to him. Listen to Jesus, for he will help you. Do you remember back a number of years ago when, when people were wearing those bracelets, WWJD? What would Jesus do? Well, when he's walking with you, he helps you to know what to do. But when you close your heart, he cannot speak to you. What would Jesus do? How would Jesus handle this particular situation? What would he want me to do? And on. But by asking those questions, it's like looking at the compass and it points you in the right direction. 
There will be challenges in your life. How many times over my ministry I've heard people say, I don't understand it, I go to church, I receive the sacrament, I pray, and yet this particular thing has happened to me. But I promise you, I promise you, the Lord will be with you in those situations. You may not realize it immediately, but look, and you will see. He will look at you, and he will say to you, this is my child with whom I am well pleased. I close with this last story by Richard Foster, who was a Christian author. And he tells what happened today in his life. Well, you know, at that moment in his life. How it was that God broke through to him in a dramatic way. He had been invited to speak at three different churches. And he and the churches both had agreed, okay, we'll take an offering. But he felt a tug at his heart. He felt that God was asking him not to accept any money from those churches. And he communicated that with the churches, with two of the three. And they accepted his generosity. But he didn't have the opportunity to communicate it to the third church. And they presented him with a fairly substantial check for what he had done that day. They prevailed upon him when he tried to return it to keep the check. But uneasy, he went to bed that night and he asked God for guidance. And this is what happened. Foster writes, he says, When I opened my eyes the next morning, it was unmistakably clear to me that I could not. I could not, must not, would not take the money. With considerable trepidation, I explained to my hosts as best as I could why, why I was not able to accept. The moment I finished, there rushed into me an unmistakable joy. Though outwardly I tried to remain calm, I was filled with an overwhelming sense of the glory of God. Once alone in his car, I shouted and I sang and I blessed God. I did not have to be controlled by money. I could live in obedience. It was wonderful. It was jubilant. And although the profuse exuberance lasted for eh, perhaps 20 minutes, the sense of a deep, warm joy flowed over me all day long. And I was pleased to learn later that the church had decided to give all the money for refugee work in Cambodia. Now, now, now please, even with the treasurer sitting here, don't misunderstand. <laughs> Preachers like you have to make a living too, but there are times, and I have done it, 
where you say to the church, no, thank you. Use this for something within your ministry. The treasurer has a note back in the office right now. But not to let the money control their ministry, but ministry for the sake of Jesus Christ. My point is simply that if we will listen carefully, we will hear the voice of Christ in our lives. He will open the door so as to be able to experience that same wonderful joy that Rudolph's family encountered and that Foster wrote of. If we will listen to the voice of Christ, he will enrich our hearts. Christ is with you every day, every day, in every place. He wants to love you. Let him. Let him wrap his arms around you. Let him give you the hug that you so richly deserve. Allow him to guide you and to help you in your daily journey.